Well, today we're, let's see, last week we finished um, Samson, and now we're going to study about Micah. And it's interesting because we say we're going to study about Micah, but he's he's just a very little character in the next two chapters. And that's chapter 17 of Judges. But in order to put chapter 17 into the proper timeline, we need to go back to Joshua chapter 13. And I'll read one through three. Now Joshua was old and advanced in years when the Lord said to him, You are old and advanced in years, and very much of the land remains to be possessed. This is the land that remains all the regions of the Philistines and all those of the Girgashites, from Shinar, which is east of Egypt, even as far as the border of Ekron, to the north, it is counted as Canaanite. The five lords of the Philistines, the Gazites, the Ashdodites, the Ashkenites, the Gittites, the Ekronites, and the Ivites. Okay, so if we remember when Delilah was offered the bribe by the lords of the Philistines, it was five uh, leaders, and so she was offered 55,000 shekels of silver for Samson. Okay, so this is telling that that area still needs to be uh, conquered, and Joshua... Uh, 13 verses 13 through 17. Oops. Or I'm sorry, in Joshua chap- chapters 13 through 17, um, it tells of the land being divided to the different tribes. But in Joshua chapter 18, okay, there's still seven tribes remaining to get inheritance. So over in Joshua chapter 18, verses 1 through 10, then the whole congregation of the sons of Israel assembled themselves at at Shiloh and set out, excuse me, and set up the tent of meeting there. And the land was subdued before them. And there remained among the sons of Israel seven tribes who had not divided their inheritance. So Joshua said to the sons of Israel, How long will you put off entering to take possession of the land? Here we need to interject. When they went in to take possession, they still had to fight and clean, or were supposed to fight and clean out all the inhabitants. And we remember, um, or we may remember, the Girgashites which were in the city of Jebus, or Jerusalem, and David, King David, finally subdued them and made them servants. But for all of those that time period, from them first coming into the Promised Land until King David, the Girgashites were living among the Israelites. And God had told them to go in and clean house. 
Verse 4, provide for yourselves three men from each tribe that I may send them, that they may arise and walk through the land and write a description of it according to their inheritance. Then they shall return to me and they, and they shall divide it into seven portions. Judah shall stay in the, its territory on the south and the house of Joseph shall stay in the territory of the north. And you shall describe the land in seven divisions and bring the descriptions here to me. And I will cast lots before you here before the Lord our God. And the Levites have no portion among you because the priesthood of the Lord is their inheritance. Gad and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh also have received their inheritance you remember they were on the east side of the Jordan. This is why it's we have to keep up with the um, with the history of the Hebrew nation as we read the Bible, so that we can understand the timeline because it's important. These are all things that Jesus would have known growing up, and he makes reference over and over to. And the half-tribe of Manasseh also have received their inheritance eastward beyond the Jordan, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave them. Then the men arose and went, and Joshua commanded those who went to describe the land, saying, Go walk through the land and describe it, and return to me, then I will cast lots for you here before the Lord in Shiloh. And the men went and passed through the land and described it by cities in seven divisions. Okay, so they they went from city to city, marking the boundaries. Um, Zorah, who came from Zorah? Samson, okay. And what it was is right down the middle of of the main street, one half went to one tribe, one half went to the other. It was an easy boundary. And they came to Joshua and the camp at Shiloh. And Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before the Lord. There Joshua divided the land to the sons of Israel according to their divisions. Okay, over in Joshua 19, verses 40 through 48. is the territory of Dan. And the seventh lot fell to the tribe of the sons of Dan according to their families. And the territories of their inheritance was Zorar, Zorah and Estol and Ir Shemesh and Shalabin and Ajalon and Iltha and Elon and Timnah and Ekron. See, city by city the boundaries are made. Okay, so now that we have an understanding of everything that came up to the point, now the tribe of Dan is ready to go into it and continue conquering the land. Uh, one last important thing to remember is in verse 51 of chapter 19, 
These are the inheritance which Eliezer, the priest, and Joshua, the son of Nun, and the heads of the household of the tribes of Israel, distributed by Lot and Shiloh before the Lord. And the doorway of the tent of, at the doorway of the tent of meeting, so they finished dividing the land. Okay, Eliezer was still the high priest. So it, and Eliezer was, anybody know? Aaron's son, yeah. So it hasn't been that long since they first started until now that Eliezer's still alive. They finally divided the land. They're getting ready to go in. So have they set up all of the Levitical cities? They were all given. The cities of refuge were given. And now we have in Judges 17... Now there was a man in the hill country of Ephraim whose name was Micah. And he and he said Okay, and he said to his mother, the eleven hundred pieces of silver which were taken from you, about which you uttered a curse in my hearing, behold the silver is with me. I took it. So the son is confessing of taking 1,100 pieces of silver. His mother had cursed whoever had taken it. But when he confesses, his mother, and his mother said, Blessed be my son by the Lord. He then returned the 1,100 pieces of silver to his mother, and his mother said, I will wholly dedicate the silver from my hand to the Lord for my son to make graven images and a molten image, now therefore I will return them to him. Okay, idol worship. What what does the Ten Commandments say about graven images? Wasn't supposed to happen. Okay, and so she's dedicated these images to the Lord. So the misguided... um, understanding of worship so when they returned so when he returned the silver to his mother his mother took 200 pieces of silver well is this 200 pieces out of the 1100 it was the restitution under the the Levitical law when you were caught you had to pay restitution and so this is where the 200 sil- uh, pieces of silver come from. 200 pieces of silver and gave them to the silversmith who made them into a graven image and a molten image, and they were in the house of Micah. And the man Micah had a shrine he had made, an ephod, and the household idols and consecrated one of his sons that he might become a priest. He had made an ephod. Wasn't too long ago we studied about Gideon. Over in chapter 8 of Judges, we have the same thing happening. And Gideon chapter, or excuse me, Judges chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, for...
I'm sorry, Judges 8, not Joshua. And the weight of the, and the, um, this is after the battle in 25, Gideon says, and when they, uh, let's go back to 24. Yet Gideon said to them, I would request of you that each of you give me an earring from a spoil. For they had gold earrings because they were Ishmaelites. And they said, we will surely give them. So they spread out a garment and every one of them threw an earring there from his spoil. And the weight of the gold earrings that he requested was 1,700 shekels of gold. Besides the crescent ornaments and the pendants and the purple robes which were on the kings of Midian. And besides the neckbands that were on the camel's necks. And Gideon made it into an ephod and placed it in his city, Ophrah. And all Israel played the harlot with it there, so that it became a snare to Gideon and his household. He made an ephod, which was, if you remember the priestly uh, garments, the ephod was like a breastplate that had 12 squares, three rows of four, representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And so it, it's a snare to Gideon. It's a snare now to Micah to make a item that was just supposed to be a garment for the priest they, to make it an, a religious uh, artifact. Okay. In verse, and you notice that he made one of his sons a priest in verse 5. And in those days there were no kings in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. Now there was a young man from Bethlehem of Judah, of the, fam- of the family of Judah, who was a Levite, and he was staying there. Okay, a Levite was from the tribe of Levi. So if we pick apart this sentence, or this uh, verse, for better understanding, we have a young man from Bethlehem in Judah. Okay, They've identified the city of the family of Judah, who was a Levite, and he was staying there. How could he be a Levite of Judah? Well, the Levites that were um, to become priests to the different tribes. So it's like saying, Tony is a preacher of Anchorage. Okay, this Levite, or this young man was a Levite. He was a priest of Judah, the area. And it's not, or he may have, his mother may have been of the tribe of Judah because the priests were allowed to marry. And then the man de- then the man departed from the city, from Bethlehem and Judah, to stay wherever he might find a place. And he was ma- 
as he made his journey, he came to the hill country of Ephraim, to the house of Micah. And Micah said to him, Where do you come from? And he said, I am a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I am going to stay wherever I may find a place. Micah then said to him, Dwell with me and be a father or a teacher and a priest to me, and I will give you ten pieces of silver a year, a suit of clothes, and your maintenance. So the Levite entered in. So they made a contract, a work contract, for this young Levite to be the priest for this family of Micah. Okay, one thing to remember in this time period, even up until the time of Jesus, was that when the families, the husband and wife, had daughters and and sons, and they would marry... And they would just build another house and build a complex. A lot of times they would have an open square in the middle for the gardens and the kids and all that, so it was protected from animals. And this type of a complex is what this house of Micah appears to be. And the Levite, verse 11, And the Levite agreed to live with the man, and the young man became to him like one of his sons. So Micah consecrated the Levite. So Micah consecrated the Levite. Hmm. Doing what they want to do to make something holy. And the young man became his priest and lived in the house of Micah. And Micah said, Now I know that the Lord will prosper me, seeing I have a Levite as a priest. Rather than obedience, he's putting his faith in not not obedience, but in something else. Okay, chapter eight, uh, 18 is where we pick up, this is, uh, 17 was kind of a, a foreplay of where this priest is going to come from. And in 18, we start with the Danites. In those days, there was no king of Israel. And in those days, the king, of, the tribe of the Danites was seeking an inheritance for themselves to live in. For until that day, an inheritance had not been allotted to them as possession among the tribes of Israel. So this narrows the timeline to right after uh, Joshua uh, cast lots for the different seven different territories that the 21 different um, men that had gone and marked the boundaries, had recorded the boundaries, had made. And so now the tribe of Dan is getting ready to go into their territory. So the sons of Dan sent from the family, from their family, five men out of their whole number. Okay, so out of the whole tribe, there's only going to be five men, and they're going to be spying out the land. Uh, Valiant men from Zorah and Estol, 
to spy out the land and to search it. And they said to them, Go search the land. And they came to the hill country of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, and lodged there. Okay, so they're leaving their area. They're traveling traveling through the hill country of Ephraim, and they come to the house of Micah. And they were near the house of Micah. They recognized the voice of the young man, the Levite, and they turned aside there and said to him, Okay, here again we have the typical Hebrew writing. In verse 2, they went to the house of Micah and stayed there. Verse 3 tells how and why they went to the house of Micah. Okay, they recognized the voice of the young man, the Levite, and they turned aside there. Did they physically recognize the voice? Or did they recognize the accent? We don't know. But it was a recognizable as opposed to the dialogue of the, of the locals. And they said to him, who brought you here? And what are you doing in this place? And what do you have here? And he said to them, Thus and so has Micah done to me, and he has hired me, and I have become his priest. And they said to him, Inquire of God, please, that we may know whether our way on which we are going will be prosperous. And the priest said to them, Go in peace. Your way in which you are going has the Lord's approval. And the five men departed, they came to Laish, and and saw the people that were in it living in security. And after the manner of the Sidonians, quiet and secure, for there was no ruler humiliating them for anything in the land, and they were far from the Sidonians and had no dwellings with anyone. So they come to a little city of Laish that is totally peaceful, that is not at war with anyone, that is not under the influence of any of the locals. And who were the locals? The Canaanites, the Philistines. And when they came back to their brothers at Zorah and Estel, their brothers said to them, What do you report? And they said, Arise, and let us go up against them. For we have seen the land, and behold, it is very good. And will you sit still? They're saying, Will you sit still? Come on, hurry. Let's get going. Okay. Do not delay to go to enter to possess the land. When you enter, you shall come to secure people with a spacious land, For God has given it into your hand, a place where there is no lack of anything that is on earth. Then from the family of the Danites, from Zorah and from Estel, 600 men armed with weapons of war set out. Okay, 600 men of war with weapons of war. When the Israelites came out of Egypt, did they know how to fight? No. Did they have weapons? No. Forty years in the wilderness and the start of the fighting uh, in numbers? 
Okay. And then all the time through Joshua, they learned to fight. They, They acquired weapons of war. So the Danites have 600 armed men that are setting out to conquer this city. And when they went up and camped at kirath in Judah, therefore they called the place Mahanadan to this day. Behold, it is west of kirath And they passed from there to the hill country of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah. So this tells us that the five spies are still with them, still going and leading and acting as as a, a guide. Then the five men who went to spy out the country of Laish answered and said to their kinsmen, Do you know that there are in these houses an ephod and household items and a graven image and a molten image? Okay, he's sharing what the, the five spies are sharing the knowledge. What should happen to these graven images? To these molten images, what were well, all the time fighting with Joshua? What what were they commanded to do? Destroy them. And the spies say, "Now therefore consider what you should do." And they turned aside there and came to the house of the young man, the Levite, to whom the uh, to the house of Micah and asked him of his welfare. And the six hundred men, armed with their weapons of war, who were the sons of Dan, stood by the entrance of the gate. So the five guys go in, ask the Levite how he's being treated. Well, right outside, there's there's a whole army to see if he's treated well. Now the five men who went to spy out the land went up, okay, here again, went up. This is probably a rooftop uh, room. Went up and entered there and took the graven image and the ephod and the household idols and the molten image. While the priest stood by the entrance of the gate with the 600 men armed with weapons of war. So the five spies know where all this stuff is from their previous visit. They go in, they go up to the the shrine, the temple that's on the rooftop. They, they take all of this, and they're started back out. And verse 18, And when these went into Micah's house and took the graven image, the ephod, the household idols, the molten image, and the priest said to them, what are you doing? And they said to him, Be silent, put your mouth, or excuse me, put your hand over your mouth, and come with us, and be to us a father and a priest. Is it better for you to be a priest to the house of one man, or to the priest, the tribe, and family in Israel? So they're giving the priest a decision to make. Are you going to stay here? We've got the, quote, religious artifacts we're taking with us, and we're giving you a choice to, you can stay and be a priest to Micah, 
and we don't know for sure if he's of the tribe of Ephraim or if he's just an, an inhabitant that hadn't been driven out and said, oh, yeah, this God that the Israelites are worshiping is a pretty good God, because we've seen that before. And uh, so they're giving the Levite a choice to make. And the priest's heart was glad, and he took the ephod and household idols and the graven images and went among the people. Then they turned and departed and put the little ones and the livestock and the valuables in front of them. Okay, why would there be little ones? Why would there be valuables? Why would there be livestock? They're going to war. They have to take their their own food. They have to take, in most cases, they would take their families with them if they were going to conquer and live in an area. Uh, this is a reminiscent of when Jacob goes to meet Israel. Okay, Nor- Normally in travel, they would have the warriors first, and then the livestock and, and little one, or the, the families, and then the livestock behind it, and then in a rear guard. But because of the reverse order, because Micah's family is going to get together and come and try and attack them, and in this case of Jacob, we remember that what did he do? He gets word that Esau's coming. He sends his livestock out there. And then he sends, if I remember, his servants and his children, and then his, his families, and, or his wives. And then finally he meets up with Esau. He's totally surrendered to Esau, everything except for his life, and that's the very last thing that he confronts Esau with. And what does Esau say? Why are you doing this? You know, we're brothers. But this is the, the interesting thing of the history of uh, that we can apply to the Bible. <clears throat> then in verse 22, And when they had gone some distance from the house, Micah, the man who... Micah, the men who were in the houses near Micah's house, assembled and overtook the sons of Dan. And they cried to the sons of Dan, which turned around and said to Micah, What is the matter with you that you have assembled together? Why are you bringing this army against us? Out of the houses around Micah, would there be 600 people? Probably not. He might be lucky to have 60 people that would be able to fight. And he said, you have taken away my gods, which I made, and the priest, and have gone away. What do I have besides? So how can you say to me, what is the matter with you? Micah is saying, you've taken everything that's precious to me religiously. And the sons of Dan said to him, do not let your voice be heard among us. Don't complain. We let you live. And lest 
and this is the New American Standard, lest fierce men fall upon you and you lose your life with the lives of your household. Okay, and the fierce men... Um, Another um, um, translations may say bitter men. And so you've got folks that eh, just as soon kill you, Micah, than let you live. So you don't complain. So the sons of Dan went on their way. And when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back to his house. And they took what Micah had made and the priest who had belonged to him, and came to Laish, and to a people quiet and secure, and struck them with the edge of the sword, and they burned the city with fire. Okay. They burned the city with fire. They destroyed the old culture. They didn't want anything to carry over. And there was no one to deliver them because it was far from Sidon. And they had no dealings with anyone, and it was in the valley, which is near Bethriab. And they built the city and lived in it. And they called the name of the city Dan, after the, the name of Dan, their father, who was born in Israel. However, the name of the city formerly was Laish. And the sons of Dan set up for themselves the graven image, and Jonathan, the son of Gershom, son of Manasseh, he and his sons were priests to the tribe and Danites until the day of captivity in the land. So they went up for themselves, so they, excuse me, so they set up for themselves Micah's graven images which he had made all the time the house of God was at Shiloh. And so they've continually, continually setting up idols, setting up false gods. Um, even though the temple was only at Shiloh, which wasn't that far away. Then we have later where in Dan Bathsheba, they set up golden calves for worship. So they don't have to go to Jerusalem to worship. And over and over and over again, the Israelites are drifting from God's word. So next week, we are going to study some about the Levites and the tribe of Benjamin. And this is happening after, I believe, after... Um, well, let me back up a little bit. Um, so we have this story of Micah, and this would have happened prior to Samson because the Danites didn't have an inheritance. With the story of Samson, they were an established country, but they were under Philistine rule. And the Philistines, okay, even though they were never driven out, they were always there for a thorn in the flesh of the Israelites. Okay, even in the time of David, okay, when he goes against Goliath, Goliath is a Philistine. 
Okay, the five major cities of the of the Philistines are still in existence after David's time. Okay, they weren't destroyed and taken over by the Israelites. They they were left to be Philistine, and so all the way through, you've got these tribes, foreign tribes that are uh, temptation. They're um, aggravating the Israelites because God is letting them to remind them that if you had done right to start with, they wouldn't be there. So um, next week we're going to finish up, well, work toward finishing up the judges with 19, 20, and 21. And we're going to be dealing with a Levite again and some things that happened with him in the uh, concerning the tribe of Dan, uh, Benjamin, and you, you got to remember Benjamin was one of the seven tribes, the last seven tribes, uh, to get inheritance. So, I think I'm a little early. Um, In chapter 19 of Judges, Now it came about in those days when there was no king in Israel that there was a certain Levite staying in a remote part of the hill country of Ephraim who took a concubine for his, himself from Bethlehem in Judah. Okay. Remote country, uh, hill country of Ephraim, eastern Ephraim, was near the Jordan River, was near the mountains. As you went further west, it is turns into the plains and then down to the ocean. And verse 2, And the concubine played the harlot against him, and she went away from him to her father's house in Bethlehem and Judah, and was there for a period of four months. And when her husband arose and went after her to speak tenderly to her in order to bring her back, taking with him his servant and a pair of donkeys, so she brought, so she brought him to her father's house. And when the girl's father saw him, he was glad to meet him. And his father-in-law, the girl's father, detained him and remained, and he remained with them three days. So they ate and drank and lodged there. Okay. We have the time period that she leaves him. He finds out where she's gone. He goes to bring her back because it says he loves her. And the father-in-law, um, detains him for three days. Now it came about on the fourth day that they got up early in the morning and he prepared to go and the girl's father said to the son said to the son-in-law sustain yourself with a piece of bread and afterward you may go. Let's wait until supper and you can leave after supper. Okay. Or the main meal of the day. And so this is setting um, the stage for 
the leaving of Bethlehem to go back to the hill country for uh, to the priest or to the Levite's home. So to please read ahead chapters 19, 20, and 21. And thank you for coming. <laughs>